0: Hi guys, and welcome to the Changing Lanes High Performance Coaching and Mentoring Podcast. Changing Lanes is about getting the balance right between emotional intelligence, fitness and health, and your own personal development. Guys, I'm extremely excited and grateful to have on the podcast with me, Dr. Paul Cribb. Now, Paul is the creator and CEO for Metabolic Precision. Uh, Metabolic Precision is a wonderful science-based, informative system, easy to understand, uh, and marries nutrition and exercise together very, very well. Uh, my wife and I are fully immersed into the MP program and have been for a while now. Paul, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Joyce. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: <clears throat> Excellent. Paul, you know, three degrees, you designed your own PhD, your, your research has been published all over the world, including the, the ACSM, um, and of course, you were honored in 2006 as one of Australia's leading scientists mate, where do we start i mean that's the, that's extraordinary resume to to date um and of course we officially met uh in sort of indirect in two thousand and fourteen um you know i I had to get my wife along to one of your workshops you know I heard a lot about you through through the good life um <coughs> crew and and then we had a quick chat, and then of course you know straight away, I knew from the onset mate that um you know I wanted to to get stuck in um more importantly Anna, to get stuck into what you had to offer. Because it was brilliant and, and it still is um i've obviously given a bit of a background to the to the listeners, but where did it all start for you paul? i mean i mean you know you i mean, you, in your bio you said you are a young thirteen year old uh lifting weights and the, and then you didn't stop um and then of course you went on to to work at a, a at a gym i believe but um, where, where did it all start for you oh uh, look I,
1: <laughs> I was i was one of those kids probably when I was thirteen fourteen years old. Uh, that in maths and English, I used to be writing out the weight training programs for our team and passing. Well, you know, at school when people pass those little notes and everything, and you get in trouble for passing notes. I was passing workouts and programs to my,
0: no my football
1: team. So I think it started at an early age. Yeah. <laughs> but, when, um, when you say but
0: football, I, what what, what uh, code are we talking?
1: School or anything? I I was very mediocre at school, and yeah. uh, my big thing was I wanted to be a professional football player, and when that didn't work out very well. Um, I probably turned my hand to more of the science side and I was lucky enough to get a scholarship through uh, the NRL team I was with at the time, Seagulls, which is they're no longer in the NRL anymore, but I was lucky to go through three years doing that and I did a degree and thankfully passed and it pretty much just made me aware that once you you find something you love to learn about, you can pretty much learn anything and, and that was kind of the lesson I think, I didn't get at school, you know, maths and, and, and science and everything. Even science, I wasn't very, very, very good at science. And I see my school teachers now that I had then and I tell them what I've done. And they look at me with a blank look and say, we didn't think you were that smart. <laughs> really? <laughs> the thing is, I know I, I, I particularly wasn't that smart. I wasn't a great student at all. I think I skimmed through most classes, you know, yeah. by the skin of my teeth. And I think it's interesting and probably for a lot of your listeners that probably have kids and parents uh, as well that, once you really get a passion for something I think you really learn that you can learn to learn and you can teach yourself pretty much anything right that's that's what pretty much drew drove me through the next two or three degrees that I did and I realized once I was interested in something and it really grabbed me probably you know same as you just I know that you you're very passionate you're very interested in all aspects of your training and, and and trying to make yourself better and also your clients better and and when you are doing that, it becomes very exciting, doesn't it? It's very mm. perpetual, and you you learn you learn to read better. You learn to maybe use more other devices like audios and visuals and mm. and all sorts of things that just really just fill in all the gaps for you. Mm. And, uh, and look, that's probably a big lesson I maybe learn a bit too late is that you you if you really want to, you can learn how to learn pretty much anything.
0: Right. Excellent. What, what code are we talking? Is, is it rugby <laughs> <like the> league? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Rugby league, I suppose, is yeah. that that was uh that was my upbringing. Uh, yeah. I was brought up in the Gold Coast in Queensland, and rugby league was the, the premier code back then. You know, there wasn't any Brisbane Lions or anything like that. Yeah. And rugby league was, was the sport, and the Broncos were rapidly emerging as a club and that sort of thing. And uh, and everyone sort of wanted to do that do that side of things. And as you know, there's lots of good football players out there, and yeah. you don't necessarily make it and and I was always okay, you know. I think I played a handful of games uh, in the lower grades in the NRL, that sort of thing. And, yeah. But I was pretty beat up. My body was pretty beat up by the age of 21, uh, yeah. and I was starting to develop chronic back problems even then. Right. Um, and uh, a friend of mine actually said, "Look, why don't we get into this personal training thing?" There's this personal training thing that's going off in in uh, in Los Angeles. He just got back from a from a trip in Los Angeles, he said, man, we've got to get into this personal training thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. And so between the two of us, we pretty much started up Gold Coast Personal Trainers. And I think within a couple of years, we had probably seven locations around the Gold Coast.
0: No way. That's incredible. And you you said in your bio that you get like $7.50, or was that as a gym instructor, was it? An
1: hour? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That was my first job. Yeah. Working in the working in gyms, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was very happy to get a job for seven dollars fifty an hour because yeah. uh, that was the thing too. Getting degrees, people think getting a, a degree really guarantees you an income or a job or something, and and it pretty much doesn't. And no. I was pretty fortunate, I suppose, that uh, I wanted to make sure that I got a job when I finished. My degree—that was probably my biggest nightmare because I had a lot of friends that did degrees and then went back to working at McDonald's and yeah. all I had where there was a big ex debt, and you know, and their parents had debt and everything. So I really wanted that um, that job, and probably my first job, uh, I was on the gym floor at a place called Pindara Sports Clinic on the Gold Coast, which is uh, been taken over by the hospital now. There, which is ter- was a terrific place, and. Mm. Uh, I worked on the gym floor there for $7.50, and I think at some point they found out I had a degree, and so they made me the the head exercise physiologist, which was an impressive title, uh, which meant really I was just locked in a small room about the size of a closet and did fitness assessing on people every 30 minutes, and I used to do 10 to 14 people a day every day. For weeks to months on end, and it was a
0: <laughs> wow. very,
1: very monotonous, you know, mundane job. But look, it taught me a lot of skills. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's that's how you start the fitness industry sometimes.
0: That's right, and then of course, then you went on to um, to get your own studios up and running, as you mentioned. Yes, yeah. this, this is all why you're still doing your degrees. Is that right?
1: Well, I'd I finished one degree, and I was uh, doing my myself and my partner and i are in the gold coast and we were fully into now expanding our business and setting up studios and i think we had about seven locations wow. up and down the gold coast and
0: Amazing!
1: i remember we used to drive to all of them and i'd be driving a stick shift car and eating a sandwich and talking on the phone at the same time going from one place to another and highly dangerous don't recommend it, that but that's you know that's what that's what we were doing
0: yeah
1: and uh probably after about three or four years really things started to crumble because we didn't have good systems we didn't have good things in place as you know to get businesses rolling mm. you need one good business working first before you expand and and we failed to realize that i think within a few years things really started to crumble and uh the partnership sort of we decided that it wasn't working and we went our separate ways and um and i actually decided then to go back to school to university because i'd always wanted to do a phd and that was kind of my Everest because I was people used to ask my father at high school. They used to say, What is what is what does Paul study at high school? And my father used to tell them he majors in football and romance and he's failing both <laughs> 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 so, so the going back to university and actually doing a PhD was kind of my Everest, right? You know, everyone yeah. talks about their, you know, really going outside their comfort zone and mm. achieving something. And for some people, it's you know, it's physical or whatever. But mine was that you know, if I could do a PhD, I thought that would be absolutely amazing, especially given my background yeah. and you know, limited sort of ability in, in school. So yeah, so I went back to Melbourne, uh, at Footscray, first time I'd actually lived down there and I knocked on the door at Footscray Victoria University and told them what I wanted to do and they said, oh, that's great, but have you done a biochemistry degree? And I said, no. And they said, well, go and do a biochemistry degree and then we can talk. And I said, okay. So I went around the corner and enrolled in biochemistry and, uh, and did a biochemistry degree for, yeah. for another three years. And I worked the whole time doing that and I actually set up a, a personal training business in, in Melbourne at that time. And I was pretty lucky. I had some very good clients uh, that I, I actually trained the, um, uh, the board of directors who owned a village Roadshow. Oh. and uh, and the um, theme parks, SeaWorld, that sort of thing, yep, yep. You know, terrific, Kirby's. And I used to pretty much finish work at 9 o'clock in the morning, start at 6 and finish at 9, and I'd earn a, you know, a pretty good salary, and then I was able to go to university from there, and I did that for probably another three or four years at least. Wow. Not longer, probably five years, six years, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's, so, that's an Everest, isn't it, a PhD? You can't get any more of an Everest than that. Wow, that's amazing.
1: Look, honestly, and I think that's, that's something I think everyone really needs to experience from that point of view. I remember I, I walked in and paid all my tuition for three years up front because I was making good money, and I remember walking into my first biochemistry class, and I saw that periodic table up on the window. Yeah. Um, you know, the great big chart of all the elements. And yeah. I looked at that and I looked at it for about 30 minutes and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Yeah. And I thought, my God, what have I got myself into here? There is no way I understand any of this sort of stuff. And it really sort of dawned on me that I'd blown, you know, thousands of dollars and, and everything else and what am I getting into. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes you've got to push yourself off that ledge to really get oh, the yeah. dividends, get the rewards.
0: Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. um, who have, who has been some of your biggest influences, Paul, like, um, you know, for me personally, when I got into the industry, um, you know, guys like Paul Cech, um, was really, really sort of got me uh, a good head start, should I say. And, um, you know, and of course my own trainer had, had a real good, motivated and drive, drove me to, to be better. What? Who were some of your influences?
1: Gosh, you know what, I, to, to be honest... Um, I, I found most of the fitness industry at my time was a complete farce. Mm. Um, look, a lot of the so-called experts, all I was looking at them very closely and seeing all these people were developing, was really cults based on their own beliefs and opinions. Right. And what I really thought the industry needed was, was science. We, we, we had no credibility. Personal trainers probably still don't have a lot of credibility because they don't base their their businesses in their, and what they do on, on science and systems. And, mm. and that was... You know, to be honest, my my influences probably came outside of out of outside of the fitness industry because I couldn't actually find many people at all in the fitness industry that I admired or trusted. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's and and probably if you're looking to that, I suppose that like a, like you, maybe my my parents were big influences. My father was a very big influence. He was a, a policeman for a lot of years, and he taught me the you know the value of working hard and being honest and upfront and and mm. being yourself and all that sort of thing. And and I think really uh, from, a, from a fitness industry influence, I'd have to say I didn't really look to anyone in the industry at the time for many years mm. uh, because I couldn't really find anyone that I admired in the point of view that they looked to research, mm. uh, they looked past their own beliefs, they looked past their own opinions on things. To try and present something that a lot of people could use quite easily. Mm. Uh, so that's yeah. So probably it's probably not the answer you're looking for. But no,
0: I, I think you're 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 right in saying that back back in those days, Paul, and um, we're probably from the same era. Uh, there wasn't much, yep. there wasn't social media, so there was not all that noise out there as much. Um, and it was very limited. Now now there's there's so many you know um, so called professionals out there and and people that have yes. You know, say that they've been there and done that when we know ourselves that they haven't. Um, then of yeah. course, the, the the there was very limited back in our days, and yeah, I guess you have to be really, really choosy on on who you decided to to follow or or admire and and or yeah. do do some research on. But um, so that's interesting. You yeah, know that that's that's great, Paul. Now, so you know, some of our listeners are, are, are as I mentioned, the youngest aspiring PTS, and as you know, that the turnover of a PT is, is quite high and the, the lifespan is very low. Um, also, in mm-hmm. small business, um, fitness leaders are struggling uh, at this stage. You know, what what are some of the, the best practices you can advise um, to to really get, sort of get the best out of you? I mean, you you mentioned already about how you, you know, you've you've got to take that leap. Um, you know, you've got to set, you've got to get uncomfortable. Um, what other bits of advice advice can you give to get to really get the best out of yourself?
1: Yeah, look, I, and probably the other side of it is to just is is being being enormously patient, enormously persistent. Mm. I, I think they're two virtues that have probably been lost, um, especially with small businesses in Australia. We've sort of tried to get into this quick-fix mentality where everyone wants to make a lot of money very quickly and mm. don't realise that it, it, it takes time. And, and for, for people in the industry now, they've got a great opportunity, but I think a lot of times personal trainers just throw in the towel too quickly, too easily because it gets all a little bit too hard mm. and they start worrying about, you know, if a few clients drop off and they lose some money and and they start thinking, Oh, I'll go back to that part time job or whatever and it's just like, My God, the amount of times that I swear I was gonna be broke the next day, you know, you it's one of those things I think you it tests your mettle and I think you have to develop a fortitude to actually make your decisions in life based on where you want to be, right? not so much where you are now.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's probably the, one of the hardest things I think a lot of young people in the fitness industry don't tend to grasp is they need to learn to uh, educate themselves. They need to learn to invest in themselves and and give themselves time to develop those as you know very difficult skills working with people you know transforming people teaching people nutrition teaching people how to train for the rest of their life these are these are all skills that take time to develop yes. and i think a lot of times these uh a lot of trainers come into the industry very quickly and they think you know running around in the park and boxing in the park and doing a few weight sessions is going to solve a lot of problems for people when they Quickly realize that people come and go very quickly, and cash flows inconsistent. Mm. They start to get very scared, and then start to think, "Oh well, this isn't really a career. You know, there must be there must be something else that I can do rather than this."
0: Yeah, they, they look for that. Um, they look for that uh, safety blanket or the security blanket. Um, when, as you mentioned, sometimes it's just good just to get, take that blanket away and just, you know, give give it a real good shot. Um,
1: yeah, so. yeah. Look, I, I think so, and I think having the you do have to stick it out for that first year or so and, and two years, because as you know, that's that's where things are the toughest, and you're developing your clients, and you're mm. developing your own niche and what you're doing. And, and as you probably, I'm sure you're aware, it's can take you five years to really find your feet in the fitness industry, can't it? 100
0: percent. Oh, you know, and we we you know we opened up our studio in 2014, and, and with the help of yourselves, um, and, and and Trish and Dave, and you know, it's you know, it's never, it's, you never rest. Paul, as you know, yeah. you just got to keep um, your brand dynamic. You got to stay consistent. Um, accountability yeah. is a bit, accountability is massive for for Anna yeah. and I and that's why you know we've got yourself on, on, in our corner um, to ensure that we, we get held held accountable. And and that's something that I'll, I'll, I'll always pass on to young trainers. You know, hold yeah. yourself accountable. Um, go for a three year plan. Don't go for a three you know for a three month plan. Um, yeah. And stay consistent, and, and and you know, and and have your good virtues going, and 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 stick to your um, you know, to to your your mission statement, should I say? So yeah, you know, you um, you've obviously you, you you've had a lot of um, ups and downs, Paul, as as, as as everyone has when when you go through building um a business. What have been some yeah. of your your biggest challenges, Paul, thrown at you? Apart from having to to well, work with your partner, like I do, I struggle. with <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, work, working with your own lovely, uh, your own lovely wife, uh, as you well know, Jase, it uh, can be one of the greatest things. It can also be one of the most challenging things. Oh yeah.
0: I'm sure yeah. Let's uh, let's <laughs> but, move on real quick. We
1: love, love them, and we know they love us too. Yes. Even though they might say otherwise, sometimes we know they love
0: us. Yes. I think the last time I saw, I met, I saw you. I said, uh, "Can you can you design a course? Um, you know, like a, a two day course where you can." Uh, on how to work uh, with your wife and um, partner, <laughs> and partner, yeah, yeah, that's,
1: that's that's kind of hard to do, man. I, I wouldn't hold my breath there. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's a pretty tough one to come up with. But look, it, it is it's uh, <laughs> it's something that's uh, uh, and and I suppose to be honest, we both uh, knew that the power of bringing partners or being a being a team in a in a business is very powerful, and mm. and if you do have a supportive partner there, I think that makes you. Uh, your chance at success is a lot easier. Mm. Uh, you've got more fighting, fighting chances. And I think that comes down to also having that circle of people around you. Mm. Uh, your partner's that first and in, in a close part of that circle around you, isn't it? And mm. as a business owner, you know that you, you need great people around you to succeed. And, and I think, again, that comes down with the infrastructure with a lot of professionals is they tend to alienate themselves and they tend to want to create, especially a lot of guys a lot of male trainers they tend to want to create something but they don't realize that they will never succeed unless they've got great people around them helping them Mm. Uh, yeah and that was one of the things that i tried to do with mp was make trainers realize you're not alone you're not going to be successful alone what you need is other great people around you we're going to help each other and build each other up to heights that none of us would have ever achieved on our own Mm. and that That's probably the founding ethos of of MP because that was probably my biggest thing when I was a professional for a lot of years. I was on my own. Even though I was with a partner, we were were completely on our own and we were completely groping in the dark about everything. Mm. And we wasted years with a lot of different things. And whereas now, as you guys know, one of the greatest benefits of of what we have now is you're surrounded by other people that are all striving for the same sort of things and like-minded business Mm. uh, ethics and, and, and goals. And so then you're constantly bouncing your ideas about what's working for you and what's not. And by doing that, you're actually accelerating that success process and and you're getting back that one commodity that, you know, is so precious we never get back and that's time. Mm. we We don't waste, you know, 10, 20 years trying to find the magic way, whereas... When you're working with other people, great people around you, then you tend to all tend to grow together, and that's what I've seen with you guys as well. To the credit, uh, with you and Anna, you've really gone out of your way to surround yourself with some great people, and you listen, and you learn, and you act, and, and you guys have really created something very special as well, and you're actually probably a role model now to to a lot
0: of other aspiring businesses in the industry. Thanks, Paul. That, uh, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, any other sort of big challenges that sort of stood out for you throughout your journey?
1: Look, I I mean, I've had my share. I've actually, uh, when I was, after years of football, by the time I was 27, I couldn't stand up virtually and, and I actually had to get, two discs removed and four titanium cages bolted into my spine and i've had discs removed and i i never forget having to make that phone call to my to my clients my great clients in melbourne and at the time 20 years ago i was charging over 300 dollars an hour Mm. um to these guys and they were loving it and i had to bring them up and say look i can't uh work with you anymore because my back is just so bad i'm you know going in I might be able to get an operation, I don't know, I lost about two years and I virtually went broke and I had to virtually rebuild everything from there and um, turn myself into a scientist. Wow. Uh, So, you know, you you go through those sort of things and I know that we all probably have our stories from, from that point of view, but I think when you look back is they make you who you are so that... When I suppose you're someone that you, and I suppose I'm trying to relate this to a lot of people starting a business now, Mm. it can be so hard, you know, it can be so stressful. You can feel like everything's against you, there's nothing working for you. These are the times that define you. Yeah. You know, these are the times that really make you who you are. And it's all well and good to be a cool guy when everything's working well and you've got lots of money, Mm. but it's those times when really the the proverbials hit the fan, and that's the character that actually galvanizes you as you move forward in your business. And, and, and that's what reflects what makes you a good person.
0: Very much transferable to, to the sporting field, Paul. You know, this is what I also tell my, my athletes about, yeah. you know, stepping up and, and when you're at your lowest, that's that's when it counts. That's when you, your, your true um, identity is shown, um, whether or not you're a leader or you're a follower. So, um, yeah, all very much transferable. And, and, and you know, you, you've come from a sporting background like myself and you know that, you know, that will it to, to – to win and achieve at all costs. So, um, yep, very transferable. Thanks for that, Paul. Um, yeah. All right. So, what does what does your future look like, Paul? We, we're getting sort of towards the end of the questions now. What what's uh, yep. what's your future looking like? What does it look like? Well, look, I suppose
1: we we're we're, we're, we're we're always evolving, um, the, and the latest probably thing now is is obviously moving more and more online. I mean, I, I was working online probably fifteen years ago when the we're within its infancy and things have evolved. And, and even the last five years, three years, things have accelerated again enormously. Mm. And probably the most exciting thing now, we're seeing the tools that we're using to communicate and work with online are getting better and better and better. Mm. So I think the quality of what we're doing online now is going to just keep getting better and better and better. Mm. Uh, because let's face it, everyone's busy. Uh, everyone's in uh, this rush, mad world, and everyone wants more time. And so that's where sort of gravitating the more, if we can solve people's problems online, it really tends to allow other, allow people to get uh, more from their life with, mm. with what they're doing. So, yeah, probably a short answer there, mate, is, is that really I think the future is, is, well, we know it's online anyway, but it's probably more about how to develop great relationships and give great service uh, in that online context mm. uh, that is just the same or if not better as, uh, as face-to-face.
0: Oh, you you do it much better than than a lot of the ones that are sort of coming through now. Of all, I mean, um, definitely you, you've um, have got that down pat, which is really great for us as we run our businesses here as well. All right, Paul. The um the last line of question, is a bit of a curveball. I always throw out to um <laughs> to am interviewing that. If you could give your younger self some advice, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, I, I suppose it's got to be G-rated, hasn't it? Yep.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're no good at board and romance, so, I mean, what's... Uh...
1: <laughs> that's right, and that's exactly right. Look, I, I, you know what, I suppose sometimes it's it's a double-edged sword. You you would probably like to say to you, you, your younger self or to maybe slow down and say you've probably got a lot more time than what you think you have for mm. a lot of this stuff. Um, but also, by the same token, I think even though I took Quite a lot of risks. I think there's that element that we can really encourage ourselves to take more risks.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, to as soon as you feel like you're in that comfort zone, to start stepping outside again because that's where all the magic happens. That's any time in life I found whenever I step outside my comfort zone and I'm really scared about something happening or you know something going bad or whatever, that's what you get the benefits from. And mm. it mightn't be straight away. Uh, sometimes it could take years to get those benefits. But you will get the benefits. Every time you step outside your comfort
0: zone, you grow and you learn and you progress further to where you want to be. Fantastic. Thanks. Great advice. So that's what you'll tell your younger self if you're sitting down having a coffee with them, or, or even Yeah, and
1: probably make, make him stay in school a bit more too. That probably
0: would have been <laughs> the message for me. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you made up for it in university, that's for sure. Paul. Thank you so much, mate, for for jumping on. I know you're busy. You're, you're about to come down to to Melbourne to to deliver your your functional fire uh, course. My wife will be there. She's all pumped and ready to go, and we're we're exci- <laughs> <laughs> we're excited um, to, to 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 have to take on the the functional fire program. So um, well we've been ha- we have been doing it and implementing it, but uh, keen to yes to, for Anna to get in to get more involved and. Again, Paul, fantastic, yeah. mate. You're doing awesome things out there. You know, you you definitely um, have um, changed our, our lives, m- my wife and I. And you know, we look forward to to working with you closely more in in the future, mate. Well,
1: thank you, Jose. That's that is a real compliment. I, but I, I mean, it's you can only do what you can do with the people you can do it with. And, and you right. guys have been a real asset. You're a tremendous asset to the fitness industry. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure working with you. So, um, look, he- here's to the future, mate, and we'll uh, we'll see how far we can take this, eh? Huh? Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you.